Saks in the Basement is now a proud partner with the Big Heads Media Network. Find us and other great podcasts at BigHeadsMedia.com. I think the White Sox could still get 72 wins. Even with the way that they've been playing over the last week or so since we said 72-73 wins. It's completely doable. I don't want to hear Lucas Giolito's been shut down and now it's okay for us to get 70 or less. They should be able to do this when you look at the schedule. I want the season to end, but I want it to end on a high note. I'm ready for the offseason. That's why Steve Parodzinski is going to be on the program today from Loop Sports. He wrote a really interesting article comparing what the Twins have been doing lately and how effective it's been to what the White Sox probably should do. We're going to have him break it down and talk a little bit about it. And then, and then I think I'm going to take some of that knowledge that he's going to impart. I, I kind of know where this is going to go because I read the article. I want to talk about what the Sox can realistically do in the offseason, especially looking at who's, who's agent and you know who's going to want this much money and you know, what the Sox have historically done with these types of free agents. What what could realistically happen? Dave is out this week. My name is Chris. He's sick. He can't make it. I've poured myself a drink, and I'm sitting here solo. But I got Steve Perzinski coming on from the Loop Sports. Before we get into him, though, two quick reminders. One, don't forget, on the 26th, pre- and post-game at Cork and Carey at the Park. I'll be there at 5 o'clock on the 26th before the Indians game starts. We will get the microphones on, Dave and myself, at 5.30. There will be an open mic for you to participate in the discussion. The guys from the 108 are going to be there among other guests. We are going to have Socks in the Basement swag for you, including the first release of the official Socks in the Basement beer koozie. It's all free. And then we're going to come back after the game and do post-game. And most likely, I'm not even going to walk into the ballpark because I'm going to be hanging out with people that listen to the show, and we'll just sit at the bar and we'll watch the game and have some fun, have a couple beers, kick back, watch a game together. It's going to be a fun night. This is the last homestand. We all know what this season has been. There has been good. Moncada, Anderson, Giolito, there has been bad. Goodbye, Wellington Castillo. I can't wait to see that they bought you out. Cork and Carey at the park, the 26th, Thursday night, 5.30. Be there. The other thing that's going on is this Friday the 20th is the Ileana Brewbus, the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network, and Socks in the Basement combining for a full tour of the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. Now, all the winners have been announced. We've told all those people that they're in. You'll hear from them on next week's show. But if you want to join them still, you have two ways of doing it. You can either follow the schedule, and I'll give it to you right now, 45 minutes at each stop. If you're in the area of any of these breweries, stop by and see us. 3 p.m. will be at Horse Thief Hollow. 3.50 will be at Open Outcry. 4.50 will be at Blue Island. 5.55 at Flossmore Station Brewing. 6.50 at Rabbit Brewing. 7.45 at One Trick Pony. And 8.50 at Evil Horse Brewing. You can just stop by and join us for a stop or two. Or the Ileana Brew Bus has now announced a second bus. And I don't have time to give it away. So they're going to do it at a discounted rate for you to get on that bus. So you can be on the bus right behind our bus. You can go with us. We can all go together, two buses instead of one. If you missed out on the contest, give them a call right now while supplies last. 219-595-9633. 219-595-9633. A discounted price, 50 bucks a seat from the Ileana Brew Bus to follow 
the bus that we'd already set up and gave away to the listeners. Friday, September 20th from 3 to 10 p.m., seven breweries, the entirety of the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. And remember, when you complete the trail, you end up with a special prize from the Dixie Highway Brewery Company. They give you like a, a bar tin that's got the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail symbol on it, which is really cool. And there's there's rumors of some other giveaways along the way. All right, that's enough prepping things and promoing things and telling you all that stuff. Let's just get into the show. Steve Perodzinski on the line, ready to talk. White Sox baseball, Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Joining me on the phone line right now, he writes for the Loop Sports. You can also find him on White Sox Twitter at NWI Steve. Steve Perodzinski's on the line. How are you, bud? I'm doing well, Chris. Nice to talk to you again. Well, thank you for coming on again. Before we get into the meat of what I wanted to talk to you about, it struck me today something strange, and I'm wondering what you think of it. So, first of all, how many how many White Sox games have you gone to this season? Um, I would say roughly about thirty. Okay, so you spend a lot of time at the ball game. You've gone to a lot of games. I don't know if you got one of these, but I got two different surveys, probably in the last month, a month and a half, from the team. And just looking at the questions, I'm starting to get the impression that they want to know whether or not it matters to me if I know about the personal lives and if the players are likable, the personal lives of the players and whether or not they're likable. And then they launched this television, this YouTube channel, where the first thing is Yomer Sanchez acting goofy right around the time that I get the, the results of their survey emailed to me. And as as somebody who goes to the games, I imagine you're similar to me and a lot of other White Sox fans where it would be, I really just want the guys to win. I don't need to know everything that goes on in their lives. Am I missing something? No, you are spot on with that assessment. Look, you know, this team, it's been well documented. They haven't made the playoffs in 11 years, haven't had a winning season in seven years. We talk all the time, every winter about, or, or the season, the team talks about bringing in high-character guys, good guys in the clubhouse. You know, all these good guys in the clubhouse haven't won a damn thing in the last decade. You know, if I got to take a couple of scuzz buckets that are going to hit some home runs and strike some guys out and win some ball games. I'll put my head down and I'll bear it for a little bit here, you know, because the, the the whole nice guy thing that this team has tried for the last decade, it ain't working. You know, I don't mind if they're nice, but the thing that scared me so much was just the worry about personality. And then they launched that YouTube channel. And the first thing is Yomer, who I'm really hoping is non-tendered this year. And that just frightened me, you know, and, and, and speaking of what they're going to do in the off season, you wrote a couple articles this month. Your most recent one scares me, and I don't even want to talk about it because it made me sick, sick to my stomach, the idea that another baseball strike could be looming. And I don't, I don't even want to think about it. I want to talk about it. I, I just want to hope it all gets worked out. But the one that you wrote before that I wanted to talk to you about this week, it slipped by me at first, and it probably slipped by a few readers. They can go back. They can find it on loopsports.com. You wrote a comparison with what the Twins are doing and what they have done to get to the point that they're at and what's going on with the White Sox now, asking the question, can the Sox do something similar? Can you kind of surmise that for everybody? Because I found it very interesting. Yeah, you know, the biggest thing that the Twins did this winter, obviously, look, everyone's talking about the fact that they 
were, you know, the, the team that broke the all-time uh, team record for home runs hit in a season here. And, you know, they, they passed up the Yankees again yesterday to take the lead there. So this team is doing it with the long ball. And they've done it a couple of different ways. Um, they've gotten some internal improvement from existing guys on, on their 40-man roster, like Max Kepler, who's got 36 home runs this year, Mitch Garver, who's got 30 home runs, even Byron Buxton when he was playing, um, saw a nice jump in his home run output. And then they went out and they they added some pieces in the free agent market that weren't really huge, big ticket items, but guys that have really paid dividends and hitting home runs significantly for them. Most notably, Nelson Cruz, who's got, you know, 37 home runs at, you know, what, was he 38, 39 years of age at this point. So they were just very strategic in what they did um, from a roster construction standpoint of realizing that, hey, we need to get more home runs on this roster here if we're going to win. And, you know, if you look at some of the existing guys on the roster, um, I kind of broke it down. I, I looked at some of the stat cast data. I looked at the significant increase in launch angle amongst some of those existing guys that have seen spikes in their home run rates. And it really makes me think that, you know, their front office is using a lot of analytics and a lot of data to help make their players better, which – Boy, I would love to think that the Sox are doing something like that, but um, I'm less than confident that uh, they, one, are utilizing the same types of tools, and two, that they are trying to implement those tools um, at the minor league and at the major league level when, you know, Todd Steverson is still employed, and he's really the antithesis of what we're really seeing with, you know, swing paths and with the fly ball revolution in the game here today. Is there a fear? Because I get I get your reasoning on it. We've debated it before on the show here a, a few different ways. Talking about, do you want to become you know three true outcome team? Do you want to focus on the um, you know the the power aspect and trying to get the ball out of the ballpark? Is is that is that the most important thing, or is it situational hitting? We've gone back and forth on it because you know if all of a sudden Major League Baseball changes the way the ball is wound, although I don't think they're going to do that. Chicks dig the long ball, and they don't seem to be apologetic at all about the way that the ball is flying out of the ballpark these days. But if something were to change, that could kind of change whether or not that analytically works. Is there a fear that it possibly things could revert so quickly that if the White Sox finally caught on to this, it'd be too late because something else will come along? You know, that is a great fear that that I have with, with this organization here. I kind of joke in one of my columns um, last month where I did basically, a, you know, I went old school and did a book report on the MVP machine, which uh, really looked at a lot of the modern age um, player development tactics that smart organizations like the Astros and the Dodgers are implementing. And I kind of joked in there and said that I'm not sure that the White Sox have learned the lessons of Moneyball, which came out 15 years ago. So, you know, if, if things do revert and, and things do change, which – the game is very cyclical. You know, where we're at right now is not where we're going to be necessarily five to seven years from now. I think the Sox are very slow uh, from an industry standard standpoint in terms of understanding trends and understanding what future trends might be coming. So I definitely think that is a very well-reasoned fear. And if you were a GM and everybody's got their own opinion as to what they would do with this team, you don't have to give specific players unless there's one that's at the top of your mind to give as an example. But if you're GM of this team going into this offseason and you're trying to figure out what you want to focus on and how you want to change things to put the team in a better position, 
What are you focusing on? More the coaching, more the players? Is there something specific you're looking for improvement on? Based upon what you've learned and what you peeled away with looking at the Twins organization and other organizations around baseball, for somebody that that isn't as as in tune with the stats who also may listen to this show but isn't exactly sure, what what would you say is the key, the next step? I think the first step, and it's a very obvious one, is this team needs to add more home runs this winter. Um, I tweeted something out early Sunday morning. I was looking at some stats. The Sox ranked 25th in all of Major League Baseball with 160 home runs going into play on Sunday. For them to get just 15, or to up to 15th in the league, just to be a league average team in terms of hitting home runs, they would have to add 50 home runs to their lineup. So they have to add long balls this winter. Um, you know, Joe Sheehan, formerly of Baseball Prospectus, you know, famously says on Twitter, ball go far, team go far. And if you look at the top of, of the list of team home run rankings in Major League Baseball, I think seven or eight out of the top ten in terms of team home runs are playoff contenders. That's the first step that this team has to do. they got to hit the ball out of the ballpark, especially playing at 35th and Shields. That place is a launching pad seemingly for – all teams but the Sox for the last five to six years, they got to add some home runs. And the guy that I would target, and I'll give you a, a specific name here, um, if he does decide to opt out of the remaining three years of his deal, I would absolutely go all off to try to acquire J.D. Martinez. Yeah, but it's, we talked about this last week. I just don't see this team working out any major deal with a Scott Boros client. That's what that's what frightens me. I, it, You know, it just... It, it just makes me feel like we'll get played with all off season if he opts out. It, it, I know what you're saying. I'm with you. Home runs. We need more of them. You know, I mean, look what the Twins did. And, and the name that jumped out when you did that list uh, in your article was C.J. Cron. There was a guy that was available to anybody. The White Sox could have grabbed him yeah. up. And and that, 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 that guy would have been a nice boost. That's 25 more home runs, I think, this year, basically, or right around there. If you go and you pick him up, you're halfway to what you just said was the goal if you get a player like that. The guys are out there to go and find to hit the long ball. They, they just have to decide whether or not they're going to go and do it, especially because if you think about it, Mankata is a hell of a ball player, and I like him at third base. But if you're going to keep him at third base – you you're going to have to find more power at other positions to make up for the fact that there are other third basemen that are going to, I don't know if he's going to be at the top of the list of all third basemen hitting home runs. He might be. I, I hope that you're right. And they, they pursue JD drew, but only if they're going to get him. I don't like to be the negative person all the time. That's Dave's job, but I, I'm just, anytime it's a Scott Boris client, I just go, Oh, this is, we're going right down this path again. Yeah. You know, and believe me, I understand the trepidation with that. Um, Just looking at it realistically, the market for Martinez this winter will be relatively limited because, you know, there are a high number of playoff caliber teams right now that simply don't have the flexibility from a roster construction standpoint to acquire Martinez. The one team that I keep coming back to, if he does decide to opt out that if he is set on leaving Boston, and I've heard some rumors here and there uh, through the grapevine that he doesn't particularly like the arrangement that's uh, going on in Boston right now. So if he were to decide to opt out, you know, the one team that I really view as being a serious threat to the Sox would be the Texas Rangers. That's a team that has payroll flexibility. They're moving into a new ballpark next season. So they're probably going to want to add a little bit of star power to their lineup. Now, 
looking at it, I would think that they would be a team that would play pretty aggressively on Anthony Rendon this winter. They've got, you know, a need for a quality third baseman. Anthony Rendon is a Texas guy, went to Rice, so maybe they could try to play on the whole homecoming angle with Scott Boris um, and, and Rendon, and I would think maybe if they were unsuccessful in acquiring him, I would think they would maybe look to shift their focus to uh, Martinez to look to add some firepower um, within their lineup there. So, you know, that's the one thing that I think would really pose a viable threat to the Sox. And it's just been interesting to me, you know, in the last couple of weeks, you know, you hear Ken Rosenthal and he did it again tonight on MLB tonight, referencing the Sox as a, as a possible landing spot for JD Martinez. You had a rod um, on Sunday night baseball a couple of weeks ago. And just last week, Steve Phillips on MLB network radio, um, almost immediately threw the White Sox out as a possible destination for Martinez. So it's kind of interesting to me to hear three really high-profile guys um, that are connected, especially Ken Rosenthal. I mean, that's the guy that's, you know, he's really the gold standard when it comes to the national writers and getting scoops and getting information. So for him to really put that out there on a couple of separate occasions, I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, could also be Scott Boros just trying to suck us all in before he gives another major free agent to Texas. Look, I want home runs. I hope it works out for the Sox. I do think J.D. Martinez is going to get out of Boston. Remember, they totally messed with him when he was trying to get signed by them a few years back, and he you you kind of felt like he had a, a bad taste in his mouth with the Red Sox. So I, I would be shocked if he doesn't jump out there and at least become a free agent. Steve Parazinski can be found. Uh, he writes for the Loop Sports, so go check him out, loopsports.com. You can also get him on Twitter. He's on White Sox Twitter, NWI Steve. And thank you very much, Steve, for coming uh, coming on the show. Chris, thanks again for having me. Always a pleasure. A neighborhood bar, a Southside tradition, your home base for Sox viewing parties. Cork and Carry at the Park, 3258 South Princeton Avenue, where they have an incredible menu that includes award-winning burgers, Chicago favorites, wings, beef, pulled pork, mac and cheese, salads, wraps, nachos, and an incredible environment. When I'm getting a drink pregame or postgame, it's over at Cork and Carry at the park. And in case you didn't know, you can rent the entire bar out for events. Just visit them at corkandcarryatthepark.com for more details. And remember, Thursday, September 26th, Socks in the Basement, live and in person at Cork and Carry at the Park. Pre-game and post-game with an open mic. Wrap up the season in style September the 26th at Cork and Carry at the Park at the corner of 33rd and Princeton, right near the park. We'll see you there. Really interesting points made by Steve Perodzinski from the Loop Sports. So how does it translate now to free agency? Because in reality, that's what, that's what we're really looking for here. Can we actually fix this? It's nice to say, oh, the White Sox should fix it, but can they fix it? Well, let's take a look at some of the guys that are at the top of free agency. At the top tier of guys, you've got names like Josh Donaldson, who's got 37 home runs and a win above replacement of 5.8. You've got a guy like J.D. Martinez, who got mentioned. I still don't believe that he'll sign with the White Sox because of Scott Boris. I'll, I'll never believe it. 35 home runs, 3.1 war. You got Edwin Encarnacion, who's got a club option, but it might and most likely would get picked up. If it didn't, he's got 34 home runs and a 2.7 war. Then you got Anthony Rendon, who's really the best guy in this whole group. He, he's the best free agent out there. He's the only free agent that's going to hit the market that's got an OPS over 1,000. He's only 30 years old. He's got a 6.5 war. 
He's going to have the best wins above replacement and the best OPS out there for any free agent. But he's a 30-year-old third baseman with Scott Boris as his agent. So I like Yohan Moncada third. I, I would be fine with him being there. And if him being a third is the reason that he hits so well, maybe I don't want to move him yet. But if I don't want to move him, do I want to take the risk of spending a bunch of money on Rendon and then telling him, well, you're not going to be a third baseman? I, I, that'd be a really interesting thing. Like, I guess I wouldn't be mad if they signed him. Because I'd be like, well, he's a great player. We're going to find a way to make it work. But he doesn't jump out at me because not only does he have that going against him, but he's also got Scott Boris. And as Steve Perzinski said, he's a Texas boy and the Rangers are going to make their run at him. So if I took out Scott Boris clients and club options out of those guys, who are probably the top four free agents that are going to hit the market or could hit the market. You would take Martinez, Rendon, and Encarnacion off that list. And Donaldson would be the only guy left. He's got Dan Lozano, who, remember, just hangs in there just as long as Boros as an agent. And and really, he's the one big hitter that Lozano's got this year that he gets to go out and market. Right after these guys, you got Abreu. This is why you got to sign Abreu. Because Abreu is probably fifth on the list of guys hitting-wise that are going to hit the market. So for all these people who are like, oh, you don't want to keep Abreu around, it's going to be hard after those first four guys that I mentioned to find anybody you could statistically say is better than Jose Abreu at the plate. And he wants to come back. He's got 33 home runs. He's got a two and a half war. OPS 840. He's not repped by any of these super agents. And he wants to come back. So let's just assume the White Sox bring him back. The other guys that are close to him are... You have Cole Calhoun, but he's got a club option. You got Marcelo Zuna. He's a 29-year-old outfielder who's got a a 2.2 war and 28 home runs at least. Nick Castellanos has 26 home runs and about a a 2.5 war, but Nick Castellanos got a lot of his home runs at Wrigley, and you don't know how it's going to translate, and he's got Scott Boris as his agent. Oh, wait, and did I mention Cole Calhoun's got a club option? See, every time I bring up a name, every other guy I bring up, there's a problem here. So when I look at the guys that are right up at the top, realistically, if I just take out the Boros guys, because I honestly don't believe that the White Sox are going to be able to make a deal with this guy, and the club option guys, we're talking Josh Donaldson, we're talking Jose Abreu, who you're going to have to resign, we're talking Marcelo Zuna. None of those guys are left-handed power hitters, and that's something that Kenny Williams is been reported to have said it, they're going to go out and get themselves a left-handed power hitter to play in right field. So who could the White Sox be looking at? I want to go through some names here. And I want to go through some options and guys that they can actually go and get. Like, personally, this is what I would do if I were the White Sox. I'm going to give what, like, if I were running the White Sox, I'd go get J.D. Martinez to be my designated hitter or Anthony Rendon. I would get one of them. Of course I would. I'd re-sign Abreu. Then I go out and get myself a left-handed power bat just because. Let's just say that I'm with the White Sox and I have to find a left-handed power bat because I still got to find one. Okay, there is a left-handed power bat out there. There's actually two of them that I like that don't have a club option because everybody says, well, what about Cole Calhoun? The the Angels can keep him if they want to next year. And they probably will. Plus, he's got a below two wins above replacement right now, and he's hitting 231 with his 31 home runs. Now, I know we got to find power, so how do we find those 50 home runs, though? 
How do we find the 50 home runs that we just talked about the White Sox need to get just to be in the middle of the pack? There's two guys. One is 36 years old, made $7.5 million last year, doesn't have a super agent, plays the outfield, 249 average, 826 OPS, and 25 home runs. So he gets you halfway there. You can put him out in the outfield. He's got a 3.8 war, which is actually pretty high compared to all the other free agent wars that are out there. In fact, when you look at the free agent hitter uh, wins above replacement, he's the third highest, at least going into today, who's going to be a free agent next year who's a hitter. But he's 36. Would you take a chance on lefty Brett Gardner of the New York Yankees if he became available and you were able to go and get him? The other left-handed bat, which is going to come available, who doesn't have the super agent, who plays the outfield, He's got a 304 average, an OPS of 906. He's only got 12 home runs, but he's played less than half a season. So if we look at his numbers and we look at his history, he's good for 24-25 home runs and about a one and a half wins above replacement. That's not as good as Brett Gardner. I'm going to say that right now. But he's 31 years old, and if you if you don't like getting the 36-year-old and you want to sign this guy for a couple years, it's Corey Dickerson. Those are the two left-handed guys that the White Sox could realistically be looking at, unless they know that the Angels are not going to keep Cole Calhoun. So what I would do if I were the White Sox is I would grab one of these guys. I am partial to Dickerson. I, I, I think it's because I've had him on fantasy baseball teams before, that when he gets hot, he's hot. And he, even at 31, seems to be figuring some things out. And that Brett Gardner's only really had, like, this is his best year ever at the age of 36. So there's more of a chance it's an anomaly than it's it's what he really is. So if I had to pick, if I had to get a left-handed bat for the outfield, it would be Corey Dickerson. Now, he only made $8.5 million last year. This is a guy you should be able to sign. Let's say the White Sox go and get him. And they need to pick up that other hitter. Now, again, I want J.D. Martinez. I want Anthony Rendon. But who are the other realistic options that the White Sox could go after? Puig? You know, I know I talked about Puig, and I know I've just added 24, 25 home runs from Corey Dickerson. We still got to get the 50, and if I add Puig, I'm right there. I'm like at 48. I'm close. But his wins above replacement, he's like about a one win. He only had 24 home runs this year. And I'm backing off of the idea behind him after talking to Steve Perodzinski on this program because I don't think it's enough. For what you need to do. You could make the argument that what the White Sox could do is they could go after Marcelo Zuna. Think about this. 28 home runs, so that gets you over to 50. When you take, let's say Dickerson's 24 home runs. 28 home runs, so that gets you over to 50, which is what the goal is here. 29 years old, doesn't have a super agent, 2.2 wins above replacement this year, 252 with an 827 OPS. It's not great. But you could take him and you could move Aloy in the DH every once in a while, give him a break so he doesn't stop hurting himself out there. You could you could rotate him and Dickerson and Aloy around in that DH spot, keeping guys fresh. And even have, and, and then Abreu every once in a while moves in a DH spot, you give one of these guys a day off. That could be interesting. You get two outfielders. Nobody's a set DH. That's one possibility. The other possibility, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but I really think that this team should go after Josh Donaldson. And my argument is this. 
if you really want the best player out there, the best player out there that doesn't have Scott Boris as an agent, because I don't believe this team can work with him. I don't. I want them to prove me wrong. I'm telling you right now, I want J.D. Martinez. I want Anthony Rendon. I want the world. But if you really don't think that they can get a Scott Boris guy, go grab a guy like Dickerson right away in free agency. And then play the game with Dan Lozano and spend the money to bring in Donaldson. This guy had a one-year deal last year. So he sat out a long time trying to get the money he got. So he's going to play the waiting game again. He doesn't want a one-year deal. But at this point, you look at a guy that's got a 262 average this year, but a 917 OPS and had 37 home runs and almost a six war. And you have to start wondering, could this guy DH? Now, this goes back to what Dave's not here, and I think he'd be mad at me for bringing this up because he's going to be like, he's not a DH. He's not, he's not a normal DH. You don't want to do this. What if the guy sucks when he isn't in the field? And, and I get that concern. But if you put him up against, like, here's the thing. Everybody's talking J.D. Martinez, J.D. Martinez, J.D. Martinez. Both of them are right-handed hitters. Martinez is only two years younger. They both made about the same amount of money last year, within less than a million dollars. One player has 35 home runs, while the other one has 37. One player's got a 3.1 whims above the replacement. The other guy's got a 5.8. So if you went off of the raw data, you could make the argument that Donaldson's the hitter. So for all the times that I poo-pooed, like, I, we're just going to go get Josh Donaldson. It's going to be stupid. Josh Donaldson would have been a heck of a pickup. So for all the times I yell at the White Sox for making the wrong move, I'm the first one to sit here and look at these numbers and say, nope, he, he's healthy again. He can hit. He wouldn't be a bad guy to have out there. He might be an option. But what do I think the White Sox will do? If I'm the White Sox right now, I think the White Sox are targeting Corey Dickerson. It's the only thing that makes sense. He makes the perfect amount of sense. A guy who extrapolates out to half those home runs that we're looking for, the 50 home runs. A guy who's going to be a free agent that's 31 years old and is a lefty hitter. That's the guy they're going to sell you as the solution in right field. But the smart thing to do and the thing that I hope that they go and do is go and get a guy like Marcelo Zuna because they need to have a DH as well, add his 28 home runs and his 827 OPS to the roster at 29 years old, let these guys play for a couple of years, and, and somebody will sit there and say, well, you're blocking guys. You're not blocking anybody. Guys get hurt. Guys get moved around. Things don't work out with certain players. I don't think you're blocking anybody by having talent on your team. And you've got the money to spend. Let's see what they do. Socks in the basement. We're going to see you next week. We're going to be at Cork and Carry at the park. It's going to be a blast. Thursday the 26th, we will see you there. Let's get a few more wins this year and get to 72 wins. Please, let's just get to 72 wins at the end of the year. Give me that, please. I'm tired of taking. Socks in the basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.